Today's Bible reading is from the book of Matthew, chapter 28, verses 16 to 20. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Thank you very much, uh, Tanya and Sam, for those lovely prayers as well. Really uh, great to uh, share together in prayer. Guys, raining again. So, yeah, we're, we're, we're staying dry. I hope you're dry at home. <laughs> um, imagine you're leaving a workplace you've been in for a while and you've got a sort of send-off party and you get to give a little speech. What are you going to say to your work colleagues? What do you want to leave with them? Or imagine that you know you're going to go away for a long time. You're going to go and live in another country. What? You get your family together and you maybe have a party, a send-off party. What are you going to say to them? What would your final words be? Well, here we have Jesus' final words, if you like, at the end of Matthew's Gospel. Um, I did look up, I did a Google search for famous people, their famous last words that they said on their deathbed, but no one seems to say anything particularly significant on their deathbed because they're dying. <laughs> um, they're thinking about other things. They're not really... Yeah, anyway, I didn't mean to say that. Anyway, whatever. But yeah, these are Jesus' final words in Matthew's Gospel. And if you like, it's a charge to his disciples. It's a passing on of the baton. It's a mandate to them. Go and do. Over to you now. And there are, I guess, four main things I want to draw out of this passage. It's become well-known. It is famous among believers. Uh, it's become known as the Great Commission. It's a commission to the disciples. But the four main things I want to draw out from this passage. First thing is, it starts with worship. It starts with worship. The disciples go to the place where Jesus has called them to go to meet them, meet him, him after he's risen from the dead in Galilee. And uh, they, they see him and we're told that they worship him. If we want to be commissioned to do something that God's calling us to do, if we just go, we might not go in the right direction. We might go to the wrong place. We might go with the wrong message. So we've got to start by encountering God and worshipping him. That's what Sunday is about. It's, it's a chance to recalibrate after the busyness of the week and before the, the coming week. It's a chance to get yourself intentionally in God's presence and worship Him. Bow down and, and give glory to God, to worship Him, to recognize Him for who He is. We're told here that some doubted. And you might think, after all that time, they're still doubting? But you've got to understand that 
for these Jewish believers, they were told from birth that you, there is one God. Uh, and then suddenly, although they've been following Jesus this time, nonetheless, he's a human figure there, and there to worship him too. Now, when it says they doubted, it doesn't mean they doubted his existence. It just means that they held back a bit. They hesitated. And I know that sometimes we do too. There's no condemnation for these disciples. They got their act together eventually, but at this point they're still doubting. They're still not sure. But most worshipped him. I want to ask, how's your worship going? Are you setting time aside intentionally to worship God? And we can do it through singing, but we can also do it in a whole host of other ways. Uh, but give him glory. Uh, sometimes I go on Facebook, and I know that some of you, you like posting photos of the beautiful surroundings that we're blessed with in this area. And uh, lots of bluebells at the moment, aren't there? But you know what? We can worship God in creation. We can worship him. We sang that song, Lord of all creation. It starts with worship. The second thing I want to say here is we go with Jesus' authority. We go with his authority. Um, before COVID, I uh, was doing chaplaincy uh, once a week in the hospital. I go in as a volunteer and it stopped uh, for COVID, but just about to restart this week, I'm going to go in on Wednesday morning. And um, uh, I've been given a badge. This is my badge. Um, and it's an NHS badge. And so if someone asks me, who are you and what on earth are you doing here? I can wave my NHS badge and say, well, I'm supposed to be here. I'm part of the team. I'm part of the chaplaincy team. I've done the training and so on. Well, when we go in Jesus' name, you know what? He gives us his badge. We've got the badge of Jesus. He says, you go with my stamp of approval. He says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, therefore go. Now just get your head around that for a minute. All authority in heaven and on earth. At the start of the gospel stories, we're told Jesus was, he was tempted in the wilderness by the devil. And the devil said, if you bow down and worship me, I'll give you um, authority. I'll give you the kingdoms of the earth. And so the devil had a certain amount of authority. But we're told here, Jesus has all authority in the heavens, on earth, in the universe. This is the Jesus who just a few days, weeks earlier had been hanging on a cross as a convicted criminal. He went to the very lowest point that you could go to. And now, boom, he's exalted to the highest. Just about to ascend to his Father in heaven. He knows that his name is higher than any other name. He knows he is king of kings. All authority in heaven and on earth. So as we go, as we're commissioned by Jesus, we go with his authority. You're supposed to do it. You're supposed to be there. Now, not everybody recognizes Jesus' authority. But we carry it with us. And so we can be bold. We can be confident to go in Jesus' name. 
because he's with us. As you go into a workplace that is you know, difficult at times, go with the authority that Jesus gives you. We had local elections uh, just a few days ago and uh, we vote for people and whether the candidates we voted for got in or not, those who are elected are given authority. They're given authority to govern, whether in a local area or nationally. Actually, the Bible says that we're to submit to the authorities because they're given by God to, 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 to act on our behalf. And so we recognise their authority. We might not always agree with it, uh, but we recognise their authority. They've got their mandate. They've got their remit. Well, we have Jesus' authority to go out in his name. But what are we called to go and do? Are we called to go and build big churches and fill them up? Are we called to go and bash people over the head with the Bible? Are we called to convert people? We're told here that we're to go and make disciples. Make disciples. In fact, we're called, it's an ongoing thing, so we're to be making disciples who make disciples who make disciples. It's meant to be an, just a passing on. It's an empowering that Jesus gives to then pass on to others. Make disciples. Now, what does that mean? What does it mean to be a disciple? Well, the 11, as they were here, there were 12, but Judas had betrayed Jesus, so there's only 11 of them. Uh, the disciples had been with Jesus. If you're a disciple of Jesus, you're with him. They'd followed him. They'd listened to his teaching. They'd, they'd been doing the same stuff that he'd done. In Matthew's Gospel, in chapter 10, Jesus sent out his 12 disciples and said, right, I've been doing this stuff. Now, guys, it's your turn. We're told in chapter 10, he gave them authority to drive out impure spirits, to heal every disease and illness. And he says in verse 8, chapter 10, heal those who are ill, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out the demons freely you've received, freely give. And guess what? They went out ill-equipped, inadequate for sure, but they went out and that's what they did in Jesus' name. To be a disciple of Jesus means to follow him and it means to do what he does. Now we have to miss that bit out, but actually we're called, the part of the church's mandate, not only just to share words, but to heal the sick. We do that in lots of ways. To drive out demons, <laughs> to raise the dead. I'm challenged by this, are you? <laughs> This is actually part of the mandate of being a disciple. Make disciples. God is not interested in just having uh, bums on seats, dare I say it, in the church. He's calling us to be disciples. Now I want to ask us all today, do you want to be a disciple of Jesus? There's no higher calling than to follow him. And then through our lives and the way we are, we're then to make disciples as well. This is our calling. And if you're challenged by this, guess what? I am too. We're called to make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. But there's two components to this making of disciples that Jesus shares. First one is he says, baptize them. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy 
Spirit. Notice it's not the names of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, but the name. It's one name. Three persons. God is unified. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, we believe in Baptist, uh, baptism because we're Baptists, right? Uh, but you know what? Being baptized in Jesus' name, in the Father's name, in the Holy Spirit's name, means that we identify with God. We say, this is who I belong to. This is me now. This is my life. And the idea of getting submerged underwater is that we're submerged in God. We're immersed in God. So are you immersed in God in your life? Are you submerged in God? Am I submerged, baptised in him? We get baptised in water the once, but we can go on being baptised in his love. We can go on being baptised in the Spirit. We receive God. So this is part of what it means to be a disciple. And then the second thing is this, Teach them to obey everything I've commanded you, Jesus says. Now, he doesn't say, teach them everything I've commanded you. Notice he says, teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. Sometimes we stop and we say, well, all we need to do is, is teach. And, and I think people like myself, we often just think, well, I've, I've taught what Jesus says in the Bible. I and mean, we think that's enough. But it's not enough. We're taught to obey everything. In Matthew's Gospel, there's an amazing section of Jesus' teaching. Chapter 5, chapter 6, and chapter 7 of Matthew's Gospel. Go back home and read it. It's known as the Sermon on the Mount. And it's got the highest moral teaching that you can find anywhere in the world. The highest ethical teaching. Love your enemies. <laughs> Just one bit of that teaching. Now we're called not just to regurgitate that and say that's what Jesus said, but we're called to obey that and to teach others to obey that. Jesus at the end of the Sermon on the Mount says, whoever hears these words and puts them into practice is a wise person. They're like the man who built his house on the rock. And whatever comes, whether it's downpour, <laughs> the house is fine. But the one who hears these words and doesn't put them into practice is a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And I'm challenging myself, but I'm challenging you too. Are you wise or are you foolish? <laughs> a disciple is wise because they seek to obey what Jesus commands. We've been saying for weeks now that the greatest commandment, what is it? It's love. It's to love God with all our heart, soul, mind and strength and to love others as ourselves to love our neighbours and that just means so many different things this kind of sums all, all Jesus commands up, love put that into practice and then you'll be a disciple then you'll follow now I don't know about you but I'm intimidated by this I'm scared by this, I've spent this week as I've thought about this thinking oh my goodness <laughs> but I want to reassure you with one final thing and it's this, this Jesus is with us as we go Jesus is with us as we go he says to his disciples just before ascending to his father in heaven he says surely I am with you always to the very end of the age now, that's kind of a weird thing to say because actually 
He's just about to leave them. You'd expect him to say, now listen guys, remember the training? You've been with me these past three years. Uh, you've heard what I've said. You've seen what I've done. It's over to you now. You're on your own, but you can do this. <laughs> he doesn't say that though. He says, actually, I'll still be with you. I'm with you to the end of the age. I'm always with you. Wherever you go, I will be with you. Now, how's that possible? Jesus is ascending to his Father in heaven, and yet he says he's going to be with them. Well, he's going to be with them by what we think about next week. Pentecost. Think about the Holy Spirit came in power. The Spirit of Jesus came and filled up the disciples. And those who doubted didn't doubt anymore because they were now filled with the Spirit of Jesus. And they were able to go out in his name and really do the things he'd done. So Jesus says, I'll be with you. He's with us as we go. And I would like to suggest he's particularly with us as we go. Now, if we just hang back and stay in our comfort zone, you know, he's still with us because he loves us and he's gracious, but we won't sense him with us as much as when we step out. I can guarantee you, without fail, when you step out in Jesus' name, you will feel inadequate. You will feel like, I can't do this. You will think, what on earth is going on? You will feel like, I shouldn't be doing this. But you will also know he's with you. When you're weak, he's strong. So, it's a challenge to us all to go. Go. Where is God calling you to go? Where is he calling me to go? It's his commission. The disciples were told to go to all nations. And that was mind-blowing for them because they were local people and God had always been for their people, the people of Israel. But now Jesus is saying, no, no, no. The barriers are broken down. You've got a mandate to go to all the earth, to all nations. Now Jesus himself never traveled that far away from his home. But now the disciples were called to go. And guess what? So are we. So where is your nation? Where is the place you're being called to go? Maybe it's to another continent, or maybe, you know what, it's to the other side of the road. <laughs> Talk to your neighbor. Maybe it's through the internet. It's definitely a challenge. The disciples were called to go to all nations, and that means going cross-culturally. Even us sat here, even those watching at home, we've got different cultures among us. Sometimes when I talk to my kids, I think that's a different culture. <laughs> I don't understand what they're talking about. But we've got to go. In the love of Jesus, in our own inadequacy, when our knees are knocking and we think we don't know what I'm doing, we've still got to go. And Jesus says, I'm with you. So do you know him with you right now? So those of us who are in the building, even if you want to at home, I invite you, if you, if you would like to, to join with me in standing. Uh, we're going to stand in Jesus' presence. Because this is a commission to us. This is a call on our lives to go and make disciples, to go and be doing what Jesus would have us do. 
Maybe we've sat back for too long. Maybe we've gotten too comfortable. I confess I do so often. Jesus says, go. Go in my love. Go in obedience. Go with my authority. Go to where I'm calling you to go. So Lord, would you sow the seeds in our lives of where you're calling us to go? It might be to a friend, it might be to a neighbour, it might be to another country, it might be to a colleague. Maybe I need to swallow my pride and maybe I need to get up off the sofa and just go for it. Lord, you're calling us to go to the hurting. You're calling us to go to those in need. Lord, you're calling us to go to the, to the ends of the earth. Bless you, God. We just hear your call this morning. And I pray for my brothers and sisters who are hearing this. Lord, speak to us fresh. May we know that call to go. Thank you that you've commissioned us. That you've anointed each and every one of us in your name. Amen. We go in your power and your authority, Lord. Thank you. That although we might feel inadequate, that in Jesus' name we are more than conquerors. We go from here trusting in you and giving glory to you. Nothing is impossible with you, Lord. We repent of our lack of imagination, Lord. Would you fire us up as a people, as a church, as individuals? Lord, thank you for what you're calling us to do, what you're calling me to do. Bless you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you.